Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. So first and foremost, I want to say welcome. And welcome to 2022. I don't know about you, but for me, I say some of these dates now, I'm just like, really? Are we really up to 2022? You know, if, if, if the sci-fi movies had it right, by now we should be, you know, traversing the stars, travelling to different planets. You know, maybe the planet would be decimated by some giant environmental disaster. It depends on which movies you watch. And at least we'd have at least one alien invasion by now. Like, come on, what's, what's going on? But, you know, it may not be quite as exciting as the movies, but at the same time, I'll tell you what, these last couple of years have been a bit of a roller coaster, haven't they? And, you know, I think I said this last year, you know, I'm sure some of us are feeling, yeah, I want to say goodbye to 2021 quite happily. But at the same time, you know, we could say that about every year, couldn't we? And that feeling we have of going, oh, you know, I wasn't sure about last year, so hopefully this year's better. The fact is we really don't know, do we? When you really think about it, you know, our future's uncertain. No matter what the news says, no matter what is going on in our world, even though things could be brilliant and you know, the, the world just feels like it's perfect, we still don't know what's actually around the corner, do we? And you know, for me, you know, I, might be, I'm, I'm, I might be the old one out, but for me, I find that really assuring, really comforting. Because, you know... It's one thing for us to be just hopeful. You know, we can be hopeful for better things. We can you know, make resolutions and plans. But the fact that, you know, the fact is we don't know what tomorrow holds. For some, no matter how many plans or how much hope they, they may have, they still feel a sense of almost dread, just going, well, my future is uncertain. but there's something about the nature of God that just gives me such a certainty in that uncertainty. You know, Proverbs 16, 9 says, you know, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And I'll tell you what, it's that second part that really just gives me that assurance. You know, I, th- I think we should. You know, God's given us intellect and, and, and the capacity to dream and envisage, you know, things that, that, that aren't there yet. That's a God-given gift. So yes, make your plans, set your goals. I just know it's God that's going to determine your steps and trust him in that. You know, our future is uncertain, this side of eternity. You know, when we place our trust in God, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, our, our eternal eternity is set. And I think that's why we can have such hope and have a certainty even in uncertainty. But I love the fact that, you know, God the Father... He knows. He knows our days. He knows us from our conception to our death. He knows our story. He knows your story. You know, Job 14.5 says, you know, you, talking about God, you have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live and we will not be given a minute longer. 
you know, some sort of scale, you know, you're talking about fate there or, you know, predestination and things like that. I don't care how it sort of plays out. I just love the fact that God knows. I love the fact that he's there with us right to the end because he knows when that is. And for me, you know, that assurance, you know, I, I don't have to be reliant on my efforts, do I? I don't have to be reliant on, you know, the chaos of fate or destiny. <laughs> my assurance is in the God who knows my days. My assurance is in the God who loves me. My assurance is in the God who has a plan for me, a plan for a hope and a future. And a hope and a future for every one of those days. I, I don't think we live wasted lives. You know, yeah, we don't get things right. Yeah, we'll have regrets. You know, I'll be the first to put my hand up. Yep, <laughs> I've, I've, I've made mistakes. And yes, there's regrets. And in a sense, yes, I've probably wasted time. But the life God's given you and me is not wasted. There's purpose in every moment. That's what he's created us for. That's how he's created us. You know, I don't need to worry about tomorrow because he already knows and I trust him. The simple fact, that's what it boils down to. I trust him. I trust that God's got my back. That God's got that plan set out for us. So what I want to give you today, I guess, you know, as my first message of 2022, is that God has it. God's got it. And we've got to be able to trust him in that. So you might go, well, you know, okay. If that's the case, if God knows our days and, you know, I can make my plans, but he's the one that directs my steps, what do I do? What should I do? You know, do we just throw up our hands and do nothing? Do we just sit on our laurels and wait for God to push and pull us in, in the direction he wants us to go? Or should we just try stuff and hope for the best? The first point I want to make is what is in your hand? What is in your hand? To sort of set the, the grounds for this, I want to give a reading. It's Exodus 4, 1 to 4. So to set the scene, this is the that iconic part in Exodus where Moses sees the burning bush. And so he's been in Egypt, he's been raised as a as a as a as a prince in the, in the household of Pharaoh. He's blown it and he's had to run away and he's been in hiding now and just in the wilderness for 40 years being a shepherd. So he's, you know, he's married and you know, gotten on with life but he's just milling about in life, isn't he? Probably, not, probably doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of purpose going on in his world. He's going and watching some sheep, got a wife and kids but what else is going on here? And then one day all of a sudden he sees this bush burning, but it's not actually being consumed. It's not burning up. And he's like, hang on, I need to check that out. And it's interesting when you look in the scripture, so chapter 3, what I encourage you to do is actually read this. So it's chapter 3, 4, and I think part of 5. Read it in its entirety because it's an incredible account of God interacting with humanity. And Moses really does depict true humanity. He, <laughs> he, he, he lets all the bells and whistles out and shows all his faults. And God's interaction with him is just amazing. For me, when I, when I read it through, I, I see God as his loving father, you know, maybe quietly getting frustrated. Come on, Moses, just get your act together. 
You can almost see that, that tone in the way God speaks to Moses. And slowly but surely, Moses makes all these excuses and God sort of goes, no, just do it because of this. And as the excuses keep coming, God goes, well, all right, Aaron can speak for you. All right, this can happen. And he makes concessions for Moses. For me, I just go, yeah, that, that's the God we serve. We serve a God that, that actually communicates and interacts with us. He's a God that actually desires our best and he desired for Moses to succeed. So he, in this interaction, he, he just persisted, showed that patience of a loving father and said, all right, Moses, let's work this through so you can get on your way and get the job done. And so we arrive at this part. This is you know, before Moses keeps making excuses, but he, he makes an excuse here. So Exodus 4, verse 1 to 4. It says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord has never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Moses told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. You know, this passage for me has been, I guess, one of those real sort of landmark passages for me. I, I heard a sermon highlighting a very similar point to this many years ago now. But it's one that's just stuck with me and I wanted to sort of share it again you know, to kick off the year. Because I don't know about you, but I'm, I've been guilty and I've been a person that's got stuck at times because my eyes have been looking at everyone else. I've looked at other people just going, oh, yeah, but look how successful they've been in their business or look how much God's been using them in their ministry or, you know, like just look how far they've gone. You know, they've traveled the world or they've done just great things with their life. And I just looked at myself going, what about me? You know, without quoting the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know about you, but that's, that, that's been me. I've had those moments where I was going, God, where, where's my place? Where's, where, what's my role in this? But it's because I've been so focused on what I haven't got. I've been so focused on what others are doing. And I've lost focus on what's actually in my head. So the question is, what is in your hand? You know, for Moses, it was a shepherd's staff. A simple tool of his trade. Maybe, just maybe, it was actually a reminder of his failures in Egypt. Maybe every day he picked that up going, you know, I was once a prince. I was stuffed up. Maybe it was the epitome of what he thought he was worth. Maybe after everything that happened in Egypt, he just goes, well, this is all I'm good for. Who knows? Who knows what that stuff meant to him? But the fact was, it was in his hand. It's what he had. It's what was available. It was accessible. It was something ordinary. But with God, it became something extraordinary. It became something supernatural. Something that was natural, God used to become supernatural. So I ask again, what is in your hand? What is available now to you for God to use? 
Because I believe, you know, like, God doesn't expect us. You know, I'll use myself as another example here. You know, God's not expecting me to see tens of thousands saved and, 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 and come, come to faith in, in God. Because that's not the platform he's given me. At this point in my life, he's called me here to Birmingham and Naruma to work with the local churches, to work with the local, local community and just love it and be here and be present and just be faithful in that. You know, if God was expecting of me and, he wanted, and that, that's what he was calling me to, he would provide the tools, he would provide the, the platform and the, 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 the connections and the, the ability. You know, the words. For me, I, I find I stumble over my sermons. I really do. I've, I've been preaching for a while, but I still just, it just mumbles out sometimes for me. But I'll tell you what, I've, I've listened to some of those big evangelists. You know, I've, I've, I've listened to the old tapes of Billy Graham. I've, I've been able to see Reinhard Bonnke in person when he came to Sydney many years ago. And these men just have a gifting and ability to explain and describe Jesus and salvation in such a way where it's just, you know, you can't help but feel drawn to say, no, I want Jesus in my life. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And when people hear those messages, they do. They just go, no. And God just uses them to draw thousands into the kingdom. But that's not what God's expecting of me. God's expecting of me to use what is available to me now. So again, what is in your hands? Don't go chasing after things. Don't go desiring or envying things that others are doing or things that are just simply beyond. Start to just go, all right, God, what is it? What is it in me? What are my experiences? What are the things in me that you want to use for your glory? Don't think that it has to be something special. Does that make sense? It can be something simple and ordinary, like a shepherd's staff. Maybe it is something that reminds you of your past regrets. Maybe it's experiences that you just go, I really did stuff up there. But maybe it's those very experiences that God wants to use to impact other people's lives. Maybe it's those experiences that's going to shape you to to create a compassion in you that you never would have had. Maybe it's going to give you an understanding that you never would have had to just reach that one person that God's saying, no, I'm going to use you to reach this person so they come into my kingdom, so they realise my love for them. So you may look, look at this thing. Moses might have looked at that staff before he had this interaction with God and just gone, it's just a staff. It's just all I'm good for, you know, herding sheep. But when God said, what is in your hand? And Moses says, well, this is what I've got. He used it for greatness. And the fact is, if you're familiar with the Moses story, that staff was almost central to his ministry, wasn't it? Yeah? Not only did he throw it down before Pharaoh and did the same, same miracle, turned into a snake, but that staff is what struck the Nile to turn it into blood. That staff is what struck 
the Red Sea to split it for them to go through. That staff is what struck the rock to have water flow in the desert. That ordinary stick got used for great things. So again I ask, what is it in your hand? Because the fact is, you know, Moses could have just gone, well, I've got nothing. He might have looked at that stick and just gone, well, this is nothing. I've got nothing to offer. But he was willing enough to go, well, I've got this stuff. And, you know, my second point is to, you know, first point was, you know, what is in your hand? My second point is, you know, whatever that is, use it well. You know, this Christmas... Yeah, we, 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 we had the privilege of, of hosting a, a carol service for our community. Um, there, there wasn't a local community one, and we, we just felt let, let as a church to say, no, let's do something. We were going to do it out on the front lawn. The rain came in, so we took it to the hall, and it, it was a great night. My, my daughter, who was there, she actually did a quick head count for those that, that, that didn't, didn't get to tell. I didn't get to tell. We had nearly 70 people there. It was like 66 or 68 people there, including all the kids. And I was going, you know, what a great opportunity to just speak about the hope of Jesus in our community. But, you know, I don't know about you, but for, for me, Christmas isn't necessarily always surprising. You know, all those traditions, all those things, they're lovely, but they're not surprising, are they? But I love how God operates sometimes. This Christmas, I actually got surprised. It was actually by one of the carols. And it's a carol that I've sung plenty of times, and I love some of the, the renditions of it. You know, it's one of those fun ones, the, the Little Drummer Boy. You know? If you want to check out a really good one, you know, he's, he's my, he's my pick, of, pick of the favourite, look up for King and Country, a Christian artist and live in the States, and they do a rendition of Little Drummer Boy that just goes off. I love it. <laughs> they got all the drums going and it just sounds unreal. Anyway, but it's one of those songs where you just get into it and you, rah, you know, I come for him, rah, pa, pa, pam, pam, and you sing it along and you just get into it. But because we sort of had to practice it as a church and as a, as a music team, I really started to pay attention to the lyrics of it. And what I want to do is just read, I guess, without the rapper pump pums but just the, the lyrics of those last two sections. Because for me, it just, it just actually spoke so much of the nature of God and, and how he wants to use us and how he's called us to use what is in our hands. So that, that, that second stanza or the second verse, you know, little baby, I'm a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring that's fit to give our king. Shall I play for you on my drum? You know, I don't know about you, but I relate to this little boy. You know, if I was suddenly presented before a king, I'd feel like that. I'd be like, what have I got to offer? What have I got to bring before you? But he's looked in his hand and he says, well, I've got my drum. I play for you. He used what was available. He used what was in his hand and he wanted to use it well. So we come to this, that last stanza. So Mary nodded. I love this. The ox and lamb kept time. You know, musical animals. I love it. <laughs> Shows how well this kid played. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. And this, this line just, when I actually started, started to see it and really sing, I was went, oh, it just, it floors me. Then he smiled at me. Then he smiled at me, me and my drum. (laughs) 
don't know about you, but for me, that just speaks, you know, from his infancy, the heart of God, that character of Jesus, just going, no, you've just brought all that you've had. You've given your best. And I'll tell you what, that's all I expect. You know, God's joy is found in you. Do you realise that? God's joy is found in you. We are created for His pleasure. That's why we exist. That's why we are here. We are created for His pleasure. Someone today, I just really felt, someone needed to hear that. Someone needed to hear that God is smiling on them. He is. He is a loving, compassionate, patient, merciful Father. And He just desires for us to be close to Him. He desired that so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. He's smiling on you, not because you're perfect, not because you've got it all together, not because you are worthy, but because he is. And he sent his son to die for us to make us worthy. So to finish up, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, my suggestion is, you know, it's okay to set plans and set goals of of things that you may not have yet. But start it with what's in your hand. Whatever your New Year's resolution is, you know, if it is to, yep, I want to finish this study or get fitter or, you know, achieve these financial goals, whatever it may be. Start with what is in your hands. And go, all right, God, this is what I've got. This is what I've got. How can I use this as best as I can for your glory? How can I use this to achieve these goals? Start to communicate with God. Start to interact with him. Spend time in prayer, spend time in the word. And I'm telling you, you'll be surprised how things will just start to fall into place, how... Scriptures will just start to point to, hey, give this a shot. Hey, start to correct this in your world. Hey, start to step out this way. Let God lead you and direct your steps. I'll tell you what, that's a New Year's resolution that can work. Amen? Start with what's in your hand taking that simple, maybe ordinary thing and strive to use it to the best. Offer it to God to be used for his glory and see how he takes something ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this word and I do pray that it's just an encouragement, Lord God, to everyone here. That as they go out, Lord God, wherever they, wherever our visitors are from, Lord God, whatever their role is, Lord God, in their, in their family, and their work, and their community, I just pray, Lord God, that you just direct their steps. That you highlight, Lord God, these things that are in their hands, these things that you've already provided, Lord God, with the resources, Lord God, and the experiences, Lord God, and, and that are available to them, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you just shine a light on it. Make it clear, make it plain. 
so that, Lord God, we can step out with a confidence, Lord God, that this world just doesn't expect, that we can step out with a hope that this world just can't perceive, Lord God, because our certainty and our hope and our assurance is placed in you. I pray, Lord God, that this be a year, Lord God, where just relationship is refreshed. Not only relationship with loved ones and and friends and family, but relationship with you is refreshed. That it becomes like a fresh bubbling spring as your word describes. We offer ourselves before you, Lord God. We just give ourselves afresh, Lord God, for this new year. As your people and as your servants. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.